0: like for us to think this morning for just a little while on, um, you hear a lot, and and especially here, well, I don't want to say here lately, but just in general, just throughout our Christian life, a lot of times you hear of problems, you hear of uh, issues at uh, congregations, you hear issues with Christians, and you hear individuals trying to, I guess, discern or trying to Figure out what the problem is. Um, you see individuals that are uh, maybe inactive in their attendance. They're they're unfaithful in their giving. Um, the fruit of the spirit or the mind of Christ it's it's absent in their life. Um, when you see when you see individuals when they're out in the world and you look at them and you see. Uh, how they, uh, how they are in their marriage, or how it appears they are in their marriage, or how they are as they're raising their children, or how they are when they're uh, at work, or how they are when um, they're they're just away from the building, as it were, and you see that there's they're just no different than anyone else seems like. It, it, you look at individuals in the world of how they raise their children or how they uh, act within their marriage or how they act on the job or things like that, and it's really no different when you see individuals uh, that are Christians. The only way that you know they're Christians maybe is because you see them at, at maybe at church service uh, on Sundays and Wednesdays. And then you hear of, of problems that are going on in congregations, or uh, you hear things such as this, and people try to figure out what the problem is, and I don't know if you have, I, I have myself, even in my life, or even in things that I see, and, I, and you try to think and come up with ideas, and, and you even hear preachers get up, they'll, they'll preach uh, about attendance, or they'll preach about uh, issues that arise in congregation, and, and you should, you know, preach those things, but a lot of times that's just symptoms of, of problems, isn't it? You know, that's just, you know, you see it, it's just a evidence of, of something else that's going on. And I believe it really comes down to the heart, doesn't it? It comes down to a, a person has not changed in their heart. You know, we can have uh, head knowledge, I guess, <laughs> good way of putting it. You know, we, we can have knowledge of the doctrine. You know, and the Bible even tells us we should take heed to doctrine. First Timothy uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So Paul is telling Timothy, you take heed to that doctrine. And, and you take heed to the things that you're saying because uh, of those that are going to hear. And the ones that hear, you may even study and you may even know doctrine. But is it possible to follow doctrine as far as knowing it and not change your heart? Can we know the truth but yet not have it in our hearts? We can quote scripture. We can can even tell others how they should live. You know, this is what the Bible says that you should do. This is how you should live. We can do those things but not change your heart. I've talked with individuals, and I've had individuals even say, "Ron, come with me and talk to this individual or that individual. And, uh, uh, you know, they've got to be baptized, and we, we've got to get them in church. And you start talking to them, and, and you understand and see that they don't have any intention to change it. They don't have any intention to change in their heart. Or maybe they are. They, you do bring them in, and maybe you do, we do uh, baptize them, and we put them on the pews, and you see them maybe hear every service, but their heart doesn't change. They've not allowed that doctrine. They've not allowed that word. They've not allowed God to change anything in their lives. And then we start seeing issues that arise, and it really boils down to, you know, a heart. It boils down to whether we've changed in our hearts or we have it, or we've allowed God uh, to change us in our hearts. You know, I was thinking of... uh, Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, so enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? You know, that got me to thinking. Every time I think about that verse, I always think about it in terms of someone in the denominational world who's saying, well, I'm living, I'm doing his will but yet they're not. Well, what if we look at it as far as the church? And, and Jesus says, you've got to do my will. We may be doing doctrine, but are we truly doing His will? Are we truly doing that doctrine, doing that truth from the heart? I can go through the motions of it, and I can even convince myself that what I'm doing is for God. But notice what He said to these individuals, Verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that practice lawlessness. So lawlessness is doing things, one, that he didn't approve of, doing things that we thought was in his name. But could lawlessness be doing things that he said, okay, these are things you should do, but maybe I don't want to do them, but maybe I'm just going through the motions and doing them. My heart's not in it. My heart's not changed to, to fully accept and I think a lot of times we don't like to use that word because we hear the denominational world to say, just accept Jesus in your heart. And we so what we do is go to the far extreme and, and don't want to use terms like that. And what happens is we don't ever accept him. We, we don't ever let that word penetrate within us to make a change. It, it comes down to we, we can have the the head knowledge, if you will. Now, when we talk about the heart, we're not talking about the organ. We're talking about the, the, the seed of intelligence of our conscience, our emotions, our feelings, our, our, our intellect. But we can also have just a head knowledge of, okay, I know, I, I knew a man one time, and I tell you, every time I was around him, I had to study and study and study and study because he would just quiz me on scripture. And he knew the Bible inside and out but he thought it was the greatest mythical book that was ever written. That's what he thought of the Bible. So you can know the the Bible, but not truly accept the truth of it, can't you? So I think when we put that in the church itself, in our congregations, I think when you see issues that come up, issues that arise, I mean, think about it. Should there ever be an issue that Christians shouldn't be able to work out? Well, that sounds like a loaded question, doesn't it? You think about, okay, let me think about every problem I've ever had with somebody, and how did I work that out? Well, if our heart was truly what it should be, we should be able to work it out, shouldn't we? we should, it shouldn't become an issue. I should be doing the things that God wants me to do because I want to do them. At some point in our Christian life, it has to come to, I want to do it. It's not because I have to do it. That's part of it. I'm commanded to do things. But I should want to do the things that I'm commanded at some point, shouldn't I? I should want to come to services. I should want to study the Bible. I should want to pray. I should want to fellowship. I should want to reason together. I should want to work out our issues. I should want to prefer my brother over myself. I should want to do those things. But the only way that I could want to do that is if my heart's changed. If there's a change, and that's what should take place when I go down and I come up and I'm a new creature, as we're going to get into. That's what should take place during that. I should allow God to do that. But maybe I go into that water and have no intention of doing that. off. Huh? Oh, yeah, there's, I mean, look out in the world. There's a lot of people have knowledge about a lot of things, but they have no idea how to use that knowledge, <laughs> or they use it wrong. We use it to kind of say there's knowledge and then there's common sense. You know, the, the wisdom part is being able to use that knowledge. And in the same thing, I, I think you're right, the same thing can apply here. I can have that knowledge, but it, it, I, I should, and I do think it's a little different than wisdom in, in this aspect of it, it, it should be that I, more along the long lines of desire. I, I, I should desire, I mean, this should be, Christianity should be my life. You know, it should. It, it should be every aspect of my life. It, it should be, how, and I, I tell you, I, I struggle with this daily because, you know, I, I have this, what I think in my head, how I think I should handle things, how I think I should do things, and then I have my heart to where I know this is how I ought to do it. And, and there's a conflict there. You know, this is, okay, I want to do it this way, but I know I should do it this way. Paul struggled with that a lot, didn't he? He said, I, I, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I know I should do. He says it's that constant battle where he buffets his body daily. It, it comes back to our desire, those fleshly things. You know, we, we give up our will. I think that's what we don't realize when we become Christians. We, we give up air will. It's no longer air will. You can go and read through the book of Colossians and see how it's, how as we put on Christ, how we're hidden and, and Christ should be seen. So when somebody sees me, they shouldn't be seeing just me. They should be seeing Christ as a reflection of what I'm doing. Because everything I do reflects that now. Um, and that should come from the heart. But many times we, we treat our Christianity sometimes like we do our job. You know, I know how to do my job at work. I, I, I can go through every aspect of it. But that doesn't mean I want to do it. That doesn't mean I do it to the best of my ability at times because my heart just isn't in it. That doesn't mean even in doing my job, there's, there's aspects in which I do it because I interject um, how I think sometimes, on, or what my feelings is about it sometimes. And, and we've got to look at our Christianity that it's, it, it, it's the whole aspect. You take, you take Jesus dealing with the Pharisees, and there was a lot of issues that he dealt with with the Pharisees. But if you notice how their, their concept of what religion should be, and I think, I think that's Jesus' whole issue with them. As he was looking at them, he'd just look and, in essence, say, you've missed it. This isn't what it was about at all. You, you miss, you, you're trying to stick with these regimental things, but you miss the whole moral aspect of it, the whole hard aspect of it, of, of why these things are what they should. He, he said in Matthew 15, again at verse 7, he says, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. And I think that's what it leads to. When a when heart doesn't change, you know, you look at the... the the pharisees they, they they fasted they kept they, they kept certain feast days they uh kept away from things that made them unclean or in their aspect of it they, they did all of these regimental things these ceremonial things they 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 said these things with their mouth but look what was behind those words and and people could see that couldn't they jesus recognized it right away of course he could see their heart But the people could recognize it because what they were saying and truly how they were doing those things was a reflection of what was in their heart. Jesus called them whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. Here's what you look like on the outside, but on the inside you're nothing but a bunch of dead bones. There's nothing in here. There's nothing in here that that you're giving. You still have the same garbage inside. You You just put a coat of paint on it. You, you've not changed anything. It's like a, uh heard story of a businessman one time was trying to sell his property that had this building on it. And as he's going through, uh, he, he was noticing that, you know, the windows were broke. There was garbage everywhere. There was things. And the guy was saying, you know, don't worry. I'm going to fix these windows. I'm going to clean up this garbage. I'm going to do all this. And the guy that bought it said, I don't care what you do. I'm going to tear it down anyway. I'm going to get rid of everything. I just want the site to build on. Well, that's what God wants with our heart, isn't it? He don't want us to leave anything there. All that's got to go out. He wants a clean site to build on in there. And we can't be bringing our garbage with us and and, and keep all of these heart matters that that we we keep and and keep our own will. We'll say, okay, I'm going to do these things, but but here's how I really want to do it. Here's, I, I, I don't really want to do this, but I'm just going to do it, you know. Now, this change, it may not take place overnight. There, there's some things that should be evident right away in our change. But some things like our habits or the, the things that we do, sometimes that may take a little time to have a full change. But we've got to change, don't we? There has to be that that moment to where we change. We can't just be like the Pharisees and honor Him with our lips, but our heart is far from Him. If you look at all of Jesus' teaching, especially through the Sermon on the Mount, He goes back to the heart each and every time. He says, there's where it is. There's there's where it is a true reflection of who, who you are. Matter of fact, Proverbs 27, 19 says it this way. As in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Now think about that a minute. You ever looked into water? What do you see? You see, you see your reflection there. You know, you, you see who you are. You, you can't run from that. He says that's what the heart is. The heart is a reflection of, of, of who you are. So what we're seeing and and how do we see that you know you say well i i don't know a person's heart so i don't know a a a, how a person truly is and that's true to an extent i can deceive you you can deceive me by how we look matter of fact we can deceive ourselves many times and, and try to say well this is this is what i am but you can't run from who you truly are it's going to be revealed in your, your things that you say. I mean, just listen to someone. That will really show you what they truly care about, wouldn't it? The conversations that you have with them, the more you get talking to them, the more that the things that they say will re- truly reveal over time what they really care about, what, what their heart's desire really is, if you just listen to it. And then that heart desire will turn to actions it's gonna eventually show who we really are. So God wants us, he knows who we are. He's telling us he wants us to change. We, we, we've got to change from, from who we are. The, uh, and the things that we see, the things that we do, the things we're involved in, the things, it, it really shows our heart. So when you think about, you know, and you hear this all the time, I, You can't hardly talk to anybody from any congregation anywhere what you don't hear some issue, some problem, some something going on somewhere. And and you hear all this uh, rationale of of why it takes place when really it's this it's the heart. That wouldn't exist if our heart changed. You know, we we wouldn't have the problems that we have if, well, let me rephrase that. We'd work through the problems that we have if our heart changed. There's going to be issues that arise. But if our heart's in the right place and we're preferring each other, we're, we're preferring to do what God says. It's not our will but His will. Think about how things will get resolved that way. Think about what the thought process will be. It, it won't be about me, what I can get out of it, what my feelings are, and, and you have to do it my way. It's not, it, it, it's not about our way anymore. So think about the harmony that would be there. Think about the fellowship that would be there. Because our heart will truly be in it. This this building is not just a place that we come. It's a place that we come to worship. Our Christian life goes everywhere with us. And that's how we have to to look at it. In Matthew chapter 12, again in verse 33, he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. This teaches us that our speech shows us, as we were talking about, our speech shows who we truly are. Out of the heart comes this kind of speech. It's either good or evil, and sometimes we try to do both. And he says, you can't do both. Who you really are is going to show. Who you really are is going to reflect. And we're going to give an account for those things that we say because those things that we say are the things that come from the heart, don't they? So we each have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, have I truly made a change? And most importantly, have I truly allowed God to make that change in me? I think that can be evident. We can answer that by how we act, the things that we say, what we're involved in when it comes to... Uh, I mean, think about it. I, you hear things... I, I was just listening to, to a, a podcast the other day, and uh, the, I think the, the topic was unity is what the ultimate topic was. And some of the things they were... Uh, I don't even know which one, who made the point, but one of them in the podcast made the point, you know, you, you hear about this congregation over here uh, fussing or splitting because of the color of the carpet or the color of the walls or the, the padding on the pews and things like that. And, and one of them said, you know, that, that's what you hear. You never hear anybody splitting over necessarily doctrine. Well, and I, I got to thinking about that. When it comes to any of that, whether we say it's over doctrine, whether we say it's over color of you know, silly things, it really comes down to you know, what were those conversations like during that? What were these individuals that had these issues, what was their heart like when they were discussing it? If it was a doctrine or issue, how did they discuss that? What, what were their motives behind it? What was their heart when, when they were discussing that? Or if they come in one day and the walls are painted a different color and they got mad, and took their toys and went to another, uh, another congregation. What, what was their heart when that happened? You know, you, you start thinking about these things and you think about really, truly how petty that can be. And look at how that looks to the world. You know, the world looks and say, well, why would I want to be a part of that? It's no different than what the world is. I can find attitudes like that anywhere else I go. Mhm. And when they administered to it, they administered to it in the right way in God's word. And it says because that, the church group. But mm-hmm. so what they did is they picked out men with the right heart and the right attitude to address that problem. If we did that as congregations today, we'd be a lot better off. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you think about that well you just take take of uh um qualifications of an elder. What's the first one? To me, what's the main one? <laughs> got to desire it. You know, you, you should want that. And I say it's the main one because if, if you don't have that to start with, your heart's not right to desire to want to do that, then the rest really don't matter because it's not going to work out anyway. You're going to have issues. And that's the same with, with, with members. That's the same with us as a, a group of congregation. It's the same in a physical family. You know, uh, You you see that when you have issues, how do you handle them in your physical family? You know, when you have things that come up that arise, how how do you deal with those things? You know, if if you have the love that you should, and and that's the thing too. When it comes to that heart, you know, you think about our, our heart, and a lot of times we tie emotions and we tie love to. That love is a choice that you make. You know, I, I, choose to, I choose to love Mike and, and my congregation no matter how much he aggravates me sometimes, you know, or something. You know, I choose to do It's a choice, right? You know, you, you, you choose to love your brothers and sisters because you, you've chose to be a part of this family. So we do all that we can to encourage each other. And, you know, part of that is maybe rebuking, part of that may be encouraging, part of that may be, there's a lot of different parts in that, but love is always the main part. So when you do that, you're, you're doing that for their best interest in whatever it is that you're doing. So you should be able to resolve those things within, as far as what you can do. You know, it's just like peace. You know, as, as far as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men, because, Somebody else may not have that same kind of attitude, so I can't control what that person does, but I can control what I do. So if all of us try to control and try to look at our own heart while we're, we're dealing with things that come up, I mean, just think about the harmony that would be there. Think about all the things that Jesus tried to deal with, especially when he was confronted. Uh, I mean, you think about the Pharisees. They, they were, uh, I mean, they... Appeared to do all things right. Jesus said our righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, look at the things that they did. I mean, they, they put up, the, that was one of the problems, they put themselves up on the high righteous side. You know, look at, look at all that I do here. Look at how I pray. Look at how I fast. Look at how I give. Look at how I do all of these things. Okay, they did those things, but what was behind that? How did they really treat people? What was their motives? What was their heart like? Well, Jesus revealed it. He said, yeah, you, you say a lot of good words. You honor me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. So what they were doing was in vain. Our worship can be in vain. We can come and go through every act of worship. We can go through every motion. We can sing out loud. We can pray with fervor. We can do all of these things, and it's still be in vain. Because our heart's nowhere near here. Our heart's nowhere near God. It, it, it's somewhere else. It's where we want it to be. It, it's the same maybe as it always has been. We've not changed anything. And, and I'm, I'm speaking from here back. I'm speaking I'm from myself. you got to, we, we, we've got to, you know, we should be able to look at ourselves so many years ago. There should be something different about us now, shouldn't there? We, we should have grown we should be different, we should be, it should be easier. You know, I, we, we, we preach a lot that, you know, Christianity's hard, but it's not impossible. We're on the, the difficult path, we're on the straight path. But should there be a point where it starts getting easier? You think, well, I don't know, Christianity's hard, you still make a choice every day. But do habits get easier the more that you do them? Well, that's why they become habits, isn't it? Because you keep doing them, it becomes a habit to you. Well, Christianity should be like that. It should be, but by the same token, what we can do is get in such a habit of doing Christianity that it's just a rut that we just do it on auto drive and our heart's not in it. The only way we can, it can become easier, I think, is if we're getting closer and closer and closer to God by studying and knowing all that we possibly can about Him so we can know how He wants us to live. And if we're not getting closer to God, then our heart's not where it should be. It, it, it's about getting closer to God. We think of it in terms of doctrine and truth and regimen and these types of things, which doctrine is important. I'm not knocking doctrine or truth, but, it's, but how do I know doctrine, truly know it? How do I truly know that truth is get closer to God and see what he says it is. Our, our heart's got to be fully to him, or it's not. I can't serve two masters I I can't give him part of my heart. I can't give him one chamber of my heart, and then I keep the other for myself or or the things that I want to do. It it, it has to be totally his. And that's when I think Christianity can become easier because we're not fighting ourselves. I think it becomes hard because we fight ourselves. You know, it's hard to do something you don't want to do. It's hard to do it right when you don't want to do it and your heart's not in it. And it it becomes a chore to you. I tell you, if Christianity is a chore, we really need to look at our heart, don't we? And I think sometimes it can be a a chore to us. Um, But again, our, our hearts will reveal truly who we are. Notice 1 Corinthians 14 and 25 and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Again, notice the secret things of the heart. We, we can't hide our heart from God. God knows truly uh, what our heart is. We, we, we have to realize when we become a Christian, we, we change. They're, they're, we, we think of it as, and, and John has done, and he may continue that, uh, Uh, Today, but he, he, you know, about Christianity and he talked about the steps of Christianity and he talked about, you know, do we emphasize just baptism and how baptism is part of that, that, you, you think about going through these, these things, it's, it's, it's a step because it's a changing process. You know, we start that change process when we start seeing that word and hearing that word and, and saying there's something to that. I want to know more about that. Well, that's our heart starting to be pricked, isn't it? That, that's getting down to our heart. And then as we see that, then we're willing to change. We're willing to repent. We're real. I, I've talked to individuals before. I've had individuals get, not the individual I was talking to, but some others that uh, have gotten upset with me, <laughs> I guess is a, a, a good way to put it, because they had... Uh, uh, had me to talk to individuals and I, I, I was talking to them and this person will tell me I don't have any intention changing my life I like my life like it is I don't think there's anything wrong with it and so I say well there's no need of me taking you and baptizing you then because you'd just be getting wet and I've had other people get mad because oh you can't refuse to baptize anybody you can't? Well, what would be the purpose? remember when John remember one thing John said not to you bring forth fruit worthy of repentance what is he talking about? Not until you're willing to change. What, what good? You're not really obeying God. It's not about just baptism. You're not willing to do any of it. You, you, you're not willing to change. So you've, not, you've heard the word, but it's not penetrated you. you. You're not willing to confess because you're still living the way that you want to live. You don't want to confess Christ is Lord. You still want to be Lord yourself. You're not willing to repent and change your life. So baptism is not going to wash away your sins because you're not willing to let it. But we don't see it as terms of that. We see it as there's just those steps and there's just that pew. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but I, that's really how it is with some people. It has to be more than that. It, it has to be that I'm willing to change. I'm willing to, you know, I think sometimes it, that when the opportunity presents itself to obey the gospel, I think sometimes it ought to be like it is for some of those individuals in India or other places where they, they, they are really having to make a choice. Okay, if I do this, I could die, I could get beat, I'll most certainly get disowned and have nothing. Am I still willing to do this? that would tell you if your heart's in it, won't it? <laughs> what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to go through to make that change? Some of us aren't willing to go through anything. We we just want to go through the motions of it, but I'm not willing to change anything. Sacrifice means you're giving up something more than what's convenient for you. Just like giving. Giving is not giving what's left. Giving is that sacrificial giving, giving first. There's a difference, isn't there? There's a difference in first and what's left. There's a difference in giving my time or giving what's left of my time. There's a difference in, you know, is God is first, seek first the kingdom of God, or seek what's left, then I'll give God whatever time I got left in the day. See, there's a difference in those, aren't they? Well, what does that come down to? That comes down to the heart. What am I willing... It's just like a marriage. You want to know how your marriage works? You put your spouse as, as, as you, you, you prefer them first. You look at them first. What are their needs? What are their desires? What, what can I do for them? And the other spouse is doing the same. So you're complimenting each other. It's, it's, it's that fit. Well, th- that, that's what it is with our family here, isn't it? We're the bride of Christ. What do we do? We, we're, we're looking at what can I do? I'm putting him first. He was willing to give his life for me. I'm willing to give mine for Him. I sacrifice daily. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. I I like that part, reasonable service. Reasonable means that's what you're supposed to be doing anyway. That's a giving. That's our reasonable service. If somebody was to look at our life as a Christian, what is your reasonable service? Sacrificing to Christ my life each and every day. That's my reasonable service. I'm, I'm, sa- I'm making those sacrifices because it's no longer my will anymore. Then you start looking when you do that, then, then Matthew 6 and 33 makes a little more sense. Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things will be added to you. What's going to be added to you? Then these things fall into place where they should then my life starts making sense. My purpose starts making sense. Because it's no longer how I think I should live. It's how God knows I should live. And knows what's best for me and how to give me the abundant life. I don't have the abundant life because I've not made that change. We have to make a change. We are different. Colossians chapter 3 beginning at verse 1. It says if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things of the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God stop there for a minute that I, I like that part that that part is what we need to really sink in is that it's not our life we've died and we're hidden in Christ now i'm no longer front and center I'm no longer, look at me, look at my will. This is what I want. This is what I want to say. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to believe. It's no longer that. I'm not front and center anymore. I'm hidden now in Christ. I put on Christ. That's what the world sees now. But here's the thing. When they see Christ and I'm hidden, what's inside? Is it just dead man bones? Is it just whitewashed tomb? There's got to be that change on the inside. Verse 4, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetedness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourself are to put off these uh, put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Yeah, that's Romans 6, three. That's what you're doing. That's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're, you're buried with him. You, you rise with him. You put him on. He is, he, you're different now. Uh, Mike touched on this uh, Wednesday night in his devotional. Um, how the church at Corinth, how some lived a certain way, but they've done something to be different now. And, and Paul's argument to them was, why do you want to go back and live that way? Why do you want to go back and do that when you've done something? You've been sanctified. You've been set apart. Now you're something different now. Or you should be. But if you're not, it's going to be evident. If your heart's not changed, it's going to be evident in how the things that you've done. You take the children of Israel. As much as they prayed, and God told Moses, I've heard their prayers. They, they've, they've prayed to me. It, it, it's come up before me. I, I, I know their pain. I know their suffering. And he delivers them out. But their heart still wasn't out of Egypt yet, was it? Look at all they still faced. When they faced a trial, they started thinking about how great it was in Egypt. Oh, the melons there were great. Oh, this was, oh yeah. What about the whippings and the beatings and the making brick and, and, and all the stuff that they had to do? They didn't remember that. They just remembered sitting by the fire eating melons, singing kumbaya. I mean, that's that's how they thought, because their heart was still there. It hadn't fully, their bodies were out of Egypt. They were physically out. They were telling God, oh, they were praising God, oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought me out of here to the first uh, problem they thought that they had, then they wanted to run back to Egypt because that's where their heart was anyway. And that's what happens to us. We, we start. We don't realize God brought us out of darkness. He brought us out of bondage. We're no longer like that anymore. Why would we want to go back to it? Why would we want to bring it with us? Why would we want to bring all that baggage? In Galatians chapter 1, Beginning at verse 11. But I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which was preached by me, not according to man, but I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I wrote to you, indeed, before God, I did not lie. And then he goes on and describes what he did. The reason I want to put this in, you're looking at someone who truly made a change. You know, he he didn't just go through the motions. You think of what, what Paul's earlier life was, and you think about what he became. Did his heart change? His heart and his passion was to persecute Christians because he thought that was the right thing to do. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. But look at the change that was made. That wasn't just on the outside. There was a change that was made on the inside. He no longer was who he was. Even the accomplishments that he thought that he made before then, he even said at one time, I count that as rubbish. What matters now is who I am now and what I'm doing now and where I'm going now. He said, that's what's important, and that comes with a change of heart. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, as, as Mike read Wednesday night, beginning at verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, rivals, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. He said, you were that. But notice... That you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You know what he's saying? Don't run back to Egypt. Don't, don't run back to that way of life. Don't run back to that heartache. It may seem pleasurable to you, but he said it wasn't. It was a hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. And its end is deceptive. So when we start thinking about how we live, and what we should do, I want to leave you with this verse. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It didn't say part things. All things have become new. And that means our heart too. And that's what we need to consider and think about. Thank you.